0: I was looking for that. I was waiting for that one. It's good to see you tonight. That was not one of my better weekends uh, with the interns. Uh, Oh, if you only knew, happened to be one young lady left there in different clothes that she wore. Because I threw paint all over her. Uh, Oil-based paint. Oil-based paint does not wash off. Oil-based paint does not come off real easily off the skin. And she happened to have on brand new shoes. And that was the worst thing that bothered me. But we got it off of her. And it's not real wise if you're working with interns. And you're probably maybe one other male with you. And you're kind of in an odd place and you realize that there's paint all over this young lady. And you look at her and you tell her, get in there, by in that barn and take your clothes off. <laughs> yeah, you felt the weight of that too, didn't you? Yeah, but she had to come out of them. I didn't see her. Thank God there was enough ladies there to help her. But So that was not the biggest memory that I have or the best memory that I have. But anyway, it was a memory and we make a lot of them. And Sometimes we regret some things that we do, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, God, that we can uh, laugh at our own selves. We can laugh at our mistakes. We can laugh at our moments that we are not so smart in things that we do. But, God, we just put aside all that even tonight, Father. There may be uh, many of us in here tonight, Lord God, that have just need just to settle our souls Tonight. We just need to settle ourselves and just secure ourselves and be anchored in your hope tonight. And so, Father, I pray for just the next few moments as we hear your word, as we open it together, that God, that you will begin to speak to us. But you will not only speak to us, that God, that we will observe what you're saying. And, Father, also in that observation, God, we will bring some application to our own lives. And so, God, I thank you for that. Again, I thank you for attentiveness to God tonight, God, to not only hear your word, but God, also believe your word and then apply your word to our lives. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So, there's no really unique way for me to jump into where I'm going to go, but I was thinking while I go, just briefly, and I was thinking about Moses. And part of my, the message, we'll get to it, part of it in a moment, has nothing to do with Moses. Okay, it really doesn't. But I was thinking about Moses because I read the Old Testament every day. And I've been learning from Moses. Uh, If you were here, I don't know, the last time I spoke we talked about mentors. Uh, Moses is a mentor of mine. Uh, He mentors me every time I read him. He helps me to understand that I need to learn to obey God, do what God says and not what I want to do. Maybe you haven't heard the story that God told him to speak to the rock. But Moses struck the rock. That's not a real good mentor, okay? He didn't obey God. And it cost him. It cost him his, his uh, time in the wilderness, another 40 years in the wilderness, because of his disobedience. But even in that mentoring, he poured into a young man. And that young man was Joshua. Joshua began to take the children of Israel. He was the one that got to take the children of Israel into the Promised Land. And very unique thing that God said to Joshua because I want to say to you tonight, is be strong and courageous. He said, be strong and courageous. And he also told him, he said, don't let the word that has been downloaded into you, now this is my word, you have to go and read Joshua chapter 1, around verse 9. But he says in there, God begins to speak to Joshua, and Joshua begins to speak to the Israelite nation. He's, and he told Joshua first, he said, the word that I've downloaded into you, that you have taken, that you've been taught from your mentor Moses, I've poured it into you, don't depart from that. Don't depart from what's been put into you. So I say to you tonight, be strong, be courageous, and don't depart from what God is saying to you. Don't depart from what he's even wanting to say to you tonight, because it's going to start maybe a little bit different, but I hope to bring it all around in a good thing. Okay? Oh, didn't know he had it up there. So no divided house. It always helps if you look around, right? So no divided house. Mark chapter 3, verse 25 is where I'd like to start. This is Jesus speaking, and I'm taking it right out of a very unique passage that he talked about. And I'll explain why I take it out of here, okay? I'm not taking it out of context when I say that. But verse 25, Jesus says, And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. Jesus said, if that house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And so, through some of my Bible reading, my daily reading plan that I go through, this scripture stuck out to me here several, oh, I don't know, about a month or so ago. This scripture stuck out to me, and I'd read it, but I didn't understand it. I I just didn't understand the thought of the house. So I had to go back to the Greek, and I began to look through the Greek through a concordance, and looking up the word house. And the house means many different things. It means, one, it's a, it's a dwelling place. Okay? It's a residence. It's a place uh, where someone resides. It's a, it's a home. It's a, it could be related to a temple. But then here's what really stuck out to me. It is a person. It, it relates to a person. It relates to a man. It relates to a woman. And so when, that, when I started reading that, it made me think a little bit more about the house. It brought that all together a little bit, that talking about a man or a woman or a child, that house cannot be divided. So we're going to look at it on an individual basis. We're not looking at it as a household of a father and a mother and children in that sense, or even maybe a husband and wife. But we're going to break it down to the individual so that you can look at yourself. Okay. I want you looking at yourself where if you got to pull your shirt up and look in to see what your insides look like. What do you look like on the inside? And understand that man, man, God created us. He formed us, he's fashioned us. Now a little bit some of us may have gotten a little bit away from that original design that God designed us with and we've grown this way. Okay? We've expanded out this way. That's that's our design. We indulge too much. We don't have enough push-up. No, okay, I'm just messing with us. All right? But God designed us. He formed us. He fashioned us. But he also made us a three-part being. He made us a three-part being. Everyone look around the room. Not just at your neighbor, Jesse. Look around the room. Come on. Look around the room. Look around at the different people in here. Not everybody's as good-looking to me and as bald-headed. Okay, there's a couple of you over here on this side that are getting close. You're, yeah, I can see you now. I appreciate you laughing. There's a couple over there, but not any, not, there's not a one of us that looks exactly alike. A now, I could go back here to the back, and I can recognize a couple of redheads, and I know that one redhead, and the redhead sitting close to him, that they go together, okay? They're, they they kind of look alike a little bit, but nobody in here... None of us look the same. None of us are are identical to one another. Now, I might get in trouble. Is your brother here? No, he's not here. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So none of us are identical, but we're three-part. We all have a body, and we see our body. Everybody sees the the body of the part of that body of that person that's sitting in front of you. Those on the front row, you see this body that's standing in front of you. So we all see the body. But none of us in here can truly see the other two parts of, that, of, of this body that we're made up of. We can't truly see with our physical eyes the spirit and the soul. But we're, we're a three-part being. We're spirit, soul, and body. Our spirit man, those of us that are born again here tonight, our spirit man is perfect. Some people don't like that thought. But it's perfect. There's no flaws in our spirit man. Our spirit is it's, it's wall-to-wall Holy Spirit. It's wall-to-wall Jesus. It's perfect. It has no lack in it, none whatsoever. Now, if you disagree with me, that's okay. We can talk later, but it's true because that's where Jesus resides at. It's in our, in our spirit man. He's given us of his spirit, and he wouldn't give us anything that's flawed. He wouldn't give us anything that, that's not perfect. So our spirit is perfect. But there's another part of that being. There's two other parts of this being. One of them is the soul. And there's, there's some thoughts about, okay, what is our soul? So I'm the one speaking tonight, so I'm going to talk just a little bit about the soul. But your soul is your mind. It's your will. It's your motion. It's your conscience. Some will say it's your heart. It's that innermost part of you. It's it, what kind of makes you tick. All right, it kind of, the soul is, is where sometimes we speak out of. Our soul is sometimes where we lean into that we may not should be leaning into. Right. And then we have our body. We've talked about our body. All of us have a spirit, a soul, and a body. But I want to look at two of those, those beings tonight. And one of them I want us to hone in real close in is talking about the soul. It's talking about the soul. The soul is not perfect. It's not perfect. It lacks. Why? Because if it, was, if, it, if, if it was perfect, then we wouldn't have to have Romans chapter 12. It talks about renewing our minds daily. It talks about our, our lives being transformed. So the soul is the area that, where sometimes this house gets divided. Sometimes this house gets divided. Where the spirit is over here, it's perfect. It's functioning just like it should be. Just like Jesus designed it. Then we step over here, for lack of good demonstration... And it's the soul. And the soul wants to go do this or wants to go say this or wants to act this way. The soul wants to make the body feel good. The soul wants to lead us down a path that maybe we don't need to be going down. The soul wants to, because it, sometimes we allow our souls to be unrenewed. We, sometimes we allow our souls to get in a, in a place of darkness. Sometimes we allow our souls to get off of that narrow path that we should be on. So what happens is we need to get that soul connected or aligned or synced. Synced is S-Y-N-C-E-D. I have to spell that because I don't say it real real well with my southern drawl. So it has to be synced. They have to stay connected. The soul is always having to stay aligned. Your spirit is here. Your soul is here. The soul is always having to stay connected to the spirit. It's always having to be synced to the spirit because the soul wants to run and do what it wants to do. Many times our mind wants to run and do whatever it wants to do. It wants to eat a bunch of M&M's. It wants to eat five pounds of M&M's today. But our spirit man says, hey, that's not good. But the body and the soul says, oh, that's real good. But see, the spirit man is smarter than the soul in the body because it knows what's good for you. It knows if you eat too many of those M&Ms or too many of whatever you're eating, whatever you're indulging in, that it's not good for your body. You drink 100 gallons of Mountain Dew in one day, that's not good for your body. You're going to pee a lot. You're going to bounce off the walls a lot. It's not good. Your body's going to think, what is going on here? Why? Because the unrenewed part of our soul thought that would be good for us. So let's think about this scripture one more time. It says, and if a house, house representing you, is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. Why do we fall at times? Because we're not led by our spirit, we're led by our soul. And our soul is not renewed. We're not not keeping that soul in a rhythm of being renewed. We're not staying in in a rhythm of what our pastor talks about. Pastor Duane talks about a rhythm of grace. We've gotten out of that rhythm. We've allowed our soul, in a sense of an unrenewed mind, we've looked at it and allowed it to take over. We've allowed that soul to be a louder voice than the Spirit. Again, the Spirit is perfect. It's mature as we become born again. The moment we become born again, Jesus is Lord of our lives, that spirit is perfect. And again, that's why if if you looked at it, it would wow you. If everybody, if we could all look at our spirit man, all of you would look like this. And some of you look funny, bald, real funny. Why? Because it would just wow you, it would consume you to what that spirit man looks like. So we're going to talk about the soul. And we're going to talk about renewing that, that soul. We're going to talk about uh, what happens when we allow the soul and the spirit to get divided. We allow that house to get divided. And what it does to our, our soul when it gets out of sync with our spirit. But then we're also going to talk about that it happens sometimes to us every day. And it's okay as long as we don't remain in that state And begin to live in that state. And we begin to be consumed by that. No, we got to continue to run and, and repent and make things right. And so that we can get back on the right direction. So what happens many times is we begin to allow our soul to run. We allow our soul, we allow our mind that may not be renewed to make decisions for us. Anybody ever made a financial decision without consulting Jesus? Some of you are brave. i still got my hand up. Every one of these questions, if I can think of enough, I'll have my hand up. We've made those decisions. We've made those decisions at times, where we've almost made those decisions and allow our unrenewed mind to say, we can do this. We can take care of this. But just right before you sign that line, something speaks to you and says, don't do it. Stop. Back up. Rethink this. Realign. What is it? That's that spirit man and that soul are now connected. They're now Interwoven. And the spirit man is speaking louder to you. That spirit is speaking louder to you than the soul is. Its voice is louder. Now that decision to get you maybe into 25 years of debt that you don't need. If you buy a car. Well, yeah, you probably could now. That might cost more than some homes. That gets you in a, in a wrong place. In a bad decision. Now you've changed it because you began to listen to that, that spirit man. We make bad decisions. We we get into places of darkness because we want to just feel good. We just want to feel good. There was an old thing year, many years ago. If it feels good, do it. Anybody remember that, that cliche or that thing? Maybe it's still around. I don't know. I quit saying it because it didn't always feel good. But if it feels good, do it. Many times we get into that mindset to where, well, if it's going to make me feel good, then I'm going to go for this. Or if it's just going to if it's just gonna make me have some goosebumps, then I'm just gonna do this. We need to check those goosebumps and we need to check those feelings to make sure they're aligning with, with what God God's Word is saying to us. Because God's word's not going not gonna speak anything to us that's contrary to, or the Spirit Man is not gonna speak anything to us that is gonna be contrary to God's word. He's always gonna speak because they're connected. The living word is always going to speak to our spirit man what, we need, what needs to be done properly. So let's talk about maybe some of the thoughts of, again, it's, let's just think about that maybe we've got to a point in our lives where we're allowing our soul out of alignment with the spirit and it's, and it's making decisions for us. Or it's causing us to go down a path that maybe we don't need to go down. And we have to ask ourselves, how did I get here? What did I do? What did I do to get to a place to where I'm listening to my own unrenewed mind, my own heart that's not following after God? How did I get to this place? What changed? What made me make a decision in this way and I didn't talk to the Lord about it? Or I didn't consult some type of wise counsel? Or I didn't even... I i, I thought I heard the voice of the Lord and I even had a dream but... I thought it was maybe too much spaghetti that I ate the night before or too much pizza, pizza or something like that or Mountain Dew or whatever it was that I really didn't think that was the Lord speaking to me. Why? Because that soul has drawn away from that spirit, man. So it's a, it's a good question. How did I get here? We got, our focus got on the wrong thing. Our focus got on the wrong thing. It, it was out of focus. Out of focus. It got, a, it got focused away from God's promises. Our eyes got off of Jesus. Our eyes got off of Jesus. Our, our, our direction went in the wrong way. We began to look to something else other than Jesus. We began to listen to other voices other than the voice of Jesus. And it will get us off track. Because that soul wants to do what it wants to do. How did we get here? We, we changed our language. We stopped speaking God's word to the mountains and we allowed the mountains to begin to speak to us. We got our focus away from God's promises. We got our eyes off of Jesus. We we changed our language. We began to doubt. Maybe there's trials and tribulations that we're going through. And we begin to doubt what God's word says about who we really are in the middle of that trial or that tribulation. We got the language mixed up. I don't want to elaborate a lot on that, but language is very important. There's a certain... Now, listen to me. That's a good way to get your attention to say, listen to me. Because I, really, I truly want you to get this because I'm not going to elaborate a lot. I'm not talking about religion language. Okay? I'm not talking about religion language. I'm talking about a language of God's kingdom. Now, see, there's a difference. Because sometimes we get around certain people and we'll say certain things, okay? Certain people, you and I don't want to go there because I don't want to offend half of us that have said this at times or said certain things. But we have a certain language when we get around certain people. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the language of what God's Word says, all right? we need to, we've changed our language where that we're, not, we're not walking in faith. We're not standing in faith. We're not speaking faith. We're, we're speaking unbelief and we're speaking doubt. We're speaking fear. We're speaking worry. Instead of standing in faith, instead of standing on the promises of God and voicing His promises. How did we get there? Maybe we quit going to church. Maybe we quit reading our Bibles. Maybe we, we changed jobs and that, that job draw, drew us away from our friends that were born again, that were speaking into us. Maybe you maybe you moved out of the house that you grew up in. Maybe you've moved to a different town. Maybe you started going to college and you started running with a wrong crowd. Maybe you just fill in the blank, whatever it may be. How did you get to where you are? Where you are today. Where you are in that moment. And then the next question we have to ask ourselves is, how do I know if this If my unrenewed soul is ruling versus my soul sink to the Spirit. That was kind of wordy, so I'll say it again. So, how do I know if my unrenewed soul is ruling versus my soul that is sink to the Spirit is, is ruling? How do we know? How do you know? How do you know if someone's hurting if you're standing around them? facial expression body language what's coming out of their mouth how do you know we have to pay attention so how do we know we have to do a home inspection right any of you ever tried to sell a home and that guy that come in there to inspect that home you thought he was against you or that girl you thought he was against you I remember one time we bought a home and this guy used color coded things and he had these little dots all over little things. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, Jerry, what's all these little dots? Oh, that's something that needs to be worked on. Something's not right about that electrical plug. Don't plug anything into that, Randy. It might blow up. Just different things like that. But I found out that he was on my side. The inspection was for my good, it was for my good. So if we're having, again, if we're having some trouble, if we're, we feel like there, our decisions are leading us in a dark way versus in a light way, then we have to do a home inspection. In other words, you've got to be honest with yourself and say, Self, <laughs> I always laugh when I say that because i got a good friend whose last name is Self. <laughs> but we've got to say to ourselves, Self, why are you doing this? Self, why are you going this way? Now, I don't recommend you saying it out loud in a restaurant, okay? Maybe to yourself, out loud, maybe in your home, by yourself. But you need to do a home inspection. What's coming out of your mouth? Inspect what's coming out of your mouth. Have any of you ever been talking and it's like, wow, where did that come from? What was that? You know, most of us men, when we're talking to our wives, we're going like this. We're trying to get some of those words back, right? Or you're like this. <laughs> okay? But you need to do a home inspection. You need to inspect what's coming out of your life. Is it is it the words of God coming out of your life? Is His promises coming out of your life? Or is it woe is me? Is it death and destruction? Is it darkness? That's a home inspection. You're looking at and seeing what's coming out of your life. What's... And you say, "Well, that you know, I, I I'm okay." What fruit's coming out of your life? Galatians five tells us all about what the fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, kindness, all these different fruits that should be coming out of our lives. If those are not coming out of our lives, if it's not coming out of this house, my house is needs a little foundation work. Been there, done that before too. Just don't think about that one. That's a costly endeavor. Good thought. If your foundation is off, it's costly. It's costly in a wrong way if you continue to walk in that, that off foundation. If you're not on the proper foundation of Jesus, it's going to cost you. It's going it's to cost you some, some different things. So we do that home inspection. Again, we, we see what kind of fruit is coming out. That language. Just pay attention to what you're saying. Pay attention to the things that you're saying. What kind of language are you having? Is it mostly cussing? If it's mostly cussing, that's probably not God's language. That's not a, that's not a culture of the kingdom. Right? And, it, and I don't mean that you're, that you're cussing like some of y'all used to talk like with certain Slang words that can be that. But even just cussing about making derogatory statements towards your spouse. Making very sarcastic statements towards your, fa- your spouse. Anybody ever heard a, a message about dealing with sarcasm? Yeah, yeah I hear it a lot. <laughs> so these are things that we have to inspect. We have to do that home inspection to see what's going on in our lives. And the only one that can make the change is you. If there's, a, if there's something messed up in that soul, if it's not synced or aligned co- correctly to that spirit, nobody else can fix that but you. I can sit here and talk to you till I'm blue in the face, but until you grab a hold of that, hey, I need to make some changes here, I can talk all day long. I can, I can speak to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but until you're man enough or woman enough to say, ding. The bell went off. Yeah, I need to make some changes in my life. You're right. I I have been walking in some darkness. You're right. The decisions that I've made have been on a dark side. You're right. I've allowed my soul, which has been unrenewed. I've allowed part of my emotion. Every decision that I've made for the last six months. Now, I'm using this as an example. Every decision that I've made for the last six months has been an emotional decision. Man, you're going to make some bad mistakes if it's all led by emotion. You know, some of the weirdest talks that my wife and I have, and if you're married, you've had them too, where do you want to eat? Oh, I don't know, where do you want to eat? And mine most of the time is, ah, I don't know, I'm really not hungry. And my wife says, how come you can never be hungry? Well, I don't think about eating until you say something, now I'm hungry. Well, what do you want? Oh, I don't know, where do you want to go? And so we make a decision about a where to eat out of emotion, What's the emotion? <laughs> Thy stomach is growling. It's, it's loud. Mine growls loud sometimes. But we don't make, we don't, you don't want to make a big decision in your life out of emotion. You don't want to do that. You want to make that decision with your soul and your spirit aligned together. So how do we fix it? That's what you want to know, right? That's what you come for. So how do you fix it? Eyes on Jesus. Oh, that was so simple, wasn't it? Y'all ready to go home? What are you doing? I'm looking to Jesus. Oh, wow. You don't look up there and say, I'm looking to Jesus. Walk back over here. I'm looking because I can't see none of y'all now. There's spots all over everybody out there. Oh, I'm just looking to Jesus. Oh, you're goofy. You smoke too much weed. You're looking to see what kind of, what kind of clouds there are up there. Oh, no, I'm just looking to Jesus. No, there's more than just, there, there's something about looking to him, but it's the posture that you are. It's the posture of your heart. It's an attitude of the mind. Where you're, I'm looking to Jesus. Well, what are you looking at? What are you thinking about? Well, I, I'm, I'm really thinking about how I'm going to shoot my neighbor, but I'm looking to Jesus. <laughs> what are you looking to him for? Are he going to give you the shotgun shell? No, but he'll forgive me for doing it when I repent. That's not really looking to Jesus. That's looking to some jail time. Okay. So it, it's more than just saying, well, I'm just, brother, sister, I'm just looking to Jesus. I'm just waiting on God. No, you've got to posture yourself in a way to where it's, it's an attitude of your heart. It's a surrendered heart to you looking to him. Your eyes have to be on him. You have to repent. You've got to have a change of heart, a change of focus, a change of attitude. Here's a good thought that we need to have in this moment of, as we're fixing this, this soul and this, this spirit out of alignment, out of sinking is nothing compares or comes close to Jesus. Nothing else we can compare. Nothing in this world, nothing else can come close to what He wants to do in our lives. Nothing else can compare to Him. There's nothing that's deeper in my soul that, that wants to please Jesus My soul, the deep parts of my soul, the deep parts of of this inward man, they truly want to please Jesus. But when I'm allowing that deep part that's unrenewed, it's not pleasing unto Jesus. So I just got to look to Him. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, talks about drawing. Jesus says, come come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. He says, come to me. I want to have a relationship with you. Come to me. Allow me to minister to you. Allow me to take all these worries, all these burdens, all these fears. Well, I'm just fearful if I if I run to Jesus today, that I'm going to screw up tomorrow. You probably are. You're probably going to mess up tomorrow. But well, so I just won't do it today. That's dumb. It's it's taking that step today to get the soul right today, so that tomorrow is not the same struggle. It's coming to Jesus. It's running to Him. What does it look like when you run to Him? I don't know. I know what it looks like to me. Sometimes I'm, I'm on my face, laying on my stomach. Sometimes I'm on my back looking up. Sometimes I'm on my knees. Sometimes I'm just walking through a trail through the woods. Sometimes I'm sitting on a rock. Sometimes I'm sitting on a stump. Sometimes I'm sitting in my recliner. All he, it, it looks different to where, whatever and wherever you're at, but it's just going to Him. There's one common denominator for every one of us in this process of coming to Him. It's a surrendered heart. It's a surrendered, it's a surrendered lifestyle. It's a surrender to Him. It's saying, I need you. You're smarter than me. I need you more than I need the next fix. I, I need you more than I need the next Dr. Pepper. I need you more than I need that, that embrace from my wife or my husband. I need you more than I need some goofy emoji sent to me in a, in, a, in a text message. I need you more than I need Facebook. I need you more than I need to see my name on the screens. I need you more than I need to be the one that's standing or singing or playing or drumming or, or, or playing over here doing whatever. Or We need Jesus more than we need all these other things. In our lives, because all this stuff here, as much as I want to get, to get on this thing and play like Ronnie Millsap and say there's a stranger in my house." That come off pretty good, didn't it? Anybody not know who Ronnie Millsap is? You don't know who Ronnie Millsap is. means that you and I are good friends, I will explain to you later. I always, side note, very good song by Ronnie Millsap. Ronnie Millsap was considered a country singer until he wrote There's a Stranger in My House and all the country music radio stations took him off the air because of the guitar thing through there. Ronnie Millsap was a a blind country singer. He's still alive. He still sings. But he was blind. And he wrote a song, There's a Stranger in My House. And I thought... How do you know there's a stranger in your house? You're blind. You can't see. <laughs> but what strangers have we allowed in our houses? What stranger have we allowed in our, in, our, in, our, in our soul? So we've got to go to Jesus. We've got to change the language. Let's look at this. Proverbs chapter 4. Because this one is good. Well, they're all good, but this one's really good. Proverbs chapter 4. We've got to change. We're, the, we're, we're almost ready to land. We're about through. So we've got to change our language to get it fixed. And the only way that we're going to change our language is change what we're putting inside of us. Okay? So verse 20 says, My son, be attentive to my words. That's God's language. Incline your ear to my sayings. That's God's word. Open your ears up. Not necessarily just your physical ears, but open up the ears of of your soul so that you can hear what he's saying to you. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. Remember, the heart is part of the soul. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart. Some translation says, guard your heart with all diligence or or keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. Remember, how do we know if our our soul is off a little bit? What's coming out of us? The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's in our heart, what's in our soul is going to come out. If we're only led by emotion if we're only led by what food that we enjoy eating, if that emotion is the only thing that is going to lead us, we're going to make decisions by, oh, that feels good. Oh, that's cool. Oh, 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 oh. <sighs> Be real careful. Don't do that close to the edge. you to you're end up in Roger's lap. No, but it says keep your heart with all vigilance for out of it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put put devious talk far from you. To me, if I was put that in parentheses, it would have a big word that I could write across my Bible. I may do it someday. Sarcasm. Put away crooked sarcasm, unrenewed, unregenerated, untransformed speech. Put away devious talk. Talk that's not going to promote godliness in my life. Talk that's not going to benefit me or anybody that hears. Verse 25. Let your eyes look directly forward. Put your gaze. Be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Then in all your ways you will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Proper language. Soapbox moment. I, I'm telling you up front, he said I was authentic, so I'm authentic. I have a soapbox. And a soapbox is with Christians, followers of Christ, that do not spend any time in God's Word. Second part of my soapbox, followers of Christ, Christians, people that call themselves disciples, spend no time in prayer, spend no time in worship, spend no time. Creating an environment of this house, this house that is pleasing to God. Now, you look at this house and it may not be pleasing to you. My wife looks at this house and it's pleasing. My house is part of that body. But to you, it may not be. But it's a soapbox and it's very important if we get on that thought of, well, I just want to change my ways, I want to do what's right. But you never open up the Word or open up your, your phone, your device that has something on there that you can read. Because it's not just going to drop out of the sky on you. God's Word is just not going to just one day, oh, here it comes, <laughs> boom, you know, and it knocks you back. Or here it comes from this way. No, you've got to be proactive. You've got to open it up. So it is a soapbox with me. Truly, yeah. it really is. If we want to change, we've got to find out where the change comes from. It comes from the, the Word of God. Applying it to our lives. Okay, that's off the soapbox. So here's the last one. Is we need to get... Well, no, it goes with this one. We're getting a rhythm of Scripture, reading, and prayer. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12. Let me read those. And we'll quit in just a moment. I'm still the old school guy. I like a Bible. That I can turn the pages and underline and mark on and... All that stuff. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Get in that rhythm of running to Jesus. Get into that rhythm to where you are hearing the voice of the Spirit. Get into that rhythm to where you're focused more on Christ than you're focused on the outward things. Get into that rhythm to where you have the right language. What are the, what is the right things that you're saying? When you're, when you're, when you're talking to your friends, what are, what's coming out of your mouth? When you're talking to your enemies, what's coming out of your mouth? What's the proper language? The only way that we know the proper language is we have to get into God's Word because it's full of the proper language. It's full of the right direction for us to go. And you say, all oh, this is really cool, but here's the last thought that we have to do. Here's the last thought, and we'll I'll end right here. Is you've got to be willing to fight. You've got to be willing to fight. And I don't mean like this, okay? But I mean in a, in a, in a spiritual sense. You've got to fight you got to put on the armor that God has given us. you got to use the weapons that God has given us. The, the time of, well, I just don't know what to do is over with. Right. If you don't know what to do, it's because you haven't got into what's been taught for you to do. You haven't opened up what has been taught for you. You've got to, you've got to learn to fight. You've got to fight for your house. Yeah. I mean, if you're... Now, I know we have builders in here, and so I'll probably get in trouble for this. I'm not a builder. But if you've got a builder that's building you a house and they give you a bid, and that bid for math for me has to be real simple. Okay, I'm not good at math. For, so, math with me, if you have a builder that says, Hey, I'm going to build you a house for $1,000, how many of you want that house? Turnkey. Any builders in here, build me a house for $1,000? Man, the builders are all got their head down. One's hiding behind his wife. You know, he's seeing what color her hair is right now. I'm teasing. But no, it, so it, it, but if that builder says, hey, that, that, that house is going to cost you $1,000, great, get after it. So 30 days from now, the house is built. Builder walks up, here's your bill. He hands it to you. That was a deal. He didn't want no money up front. See if you can find a builder like that too. Anyway, so... Not bad toward builders. They got to live. They got to do things. They got to buy material just like ever, any anybody else. Okay. So he he hands you the bill, one month later, and the bill says a hundred thousand dollars, and you pick yourself up off the floor. So now you've got to fight the builder because the original thing was it was a thousand dollars. You're going to do everything that you can to only pay that builder $1,000 because that's what you agreed to. So you're going to fight for it. You're going to stand your ground for it. You're going to call him every day till this is settled. Why is this? Why is this? You're going to want every I dotted, every T crossed. You want to find out why he spent so much money. You want to know why you, why? Okay, we won't go there. My whole point is you're going to fight with him in a sense of you're going to be very vigilant Till you find out why it was, uh, was $100,000 instead of 1000 Same way we need to be with our soul. We need to fight. If God says one thing about our soul, but we're hearing something else about our soul, we need to fight. We need to fight and protect our families. We need to protect this house. Protect what we are allowing in and, and protect what we allow going out. Maybe the builder thing didn't, didn't land real well with you. I don't, I don't know. didn't land real well with me, but I tried. Let's stand. So I'm just going to ask you an honest question. And the question is, it's very simple. I read a book some time ago by Judah Smith and the title of the book and it struggled. I struggled every time I opened the book. It was called How's Your Soul? Very good book. Very challenging book hard book for me to read because he used some words that I had to get a dictionary out to find out what they were but the question is how is your soul and it's it's a personal question to you I'm not I'm not going to ask you to run up here up front I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand and anything like that I'm just going to ask you to be honest with yourself and evaluate yourself how is my soul and evaluate it just for this moment not about what took place this morning that you've already repented of and everything's worked out right. But at this very moment, how is your soul? Is your soul aligned and synced to that spirit man? You say, well, I don't have the tools that you're talking about. I, 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 haven't, I haven't operated in those tools. I haven't been in, in prayer. Then it's time to get in prayer. Well, I don't know how to pray. Jesus gave us a model prayer. It, it was a model The disciples, it's okay to ask. The disciples ask Jesus, would you teach us to pray? So if you don't know how to pray, ask Jesus to teach you to pray. If Danny is Jesus and I have a motorcycle and that motorcycle needs to be fixed and Danny knows how to fix it, he knows how to tell me how to fix it, I'm going to go to Danny, okay? Okay? I'm not going to go to somebody else in here that never ridden a motorcycle. I'm going to go to Danny, and I'm going to say, Danny, teach me how to fix this motorcycle. Same way with prayer. We go to Jesus. Teach me how to pray. Don't make it hard. Don't make it complicated. We've made it hard. We make it complicated. We think it's got to be perfect. Hey, if you've ever heard me pray, pr- pray a prayer publicly, if you've ever heard me speak, talk, I have trouble. But if... Just ask Jesus to teach you how to pray. When you became born again, did you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins? Did you ask him to, to come into your heart? Did you surrender your heart to you? To him? Sure you did. Did he do it? Sure he did. So he would teach you how to pray. So we have no excuses. We just got to ask him. Well, I don't understand the Bible. I don't understand what I'm reading. Maybe you need to look at what translation you're reading. Maybe you need a different translation. Maybe you're, I don't want to call any translations out, but maybe it's just one that you don't understand. Ask Jesus. And you say, that's kind of goofy. No, it's not. Ask him which translation you need to read. Which one works for you? See, all these things are, is getting that that alignment back in, in, in proper perspective. Getting it aligned together. So your homework, Everybody like homework? Say, sure, I'd rather take it home than you call me to the front. So your homework, I would too. So your homework is to evaluate your own soul. It's to evaluate your own soul. And have an honest conversation with Jesus tonight or in the morning or whenever you're bold enough to have it with him. And say, Jesus, I need to work on my soul. I want my soul connected and aligned. Join me in prayer as we close. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every one of these good people here tonight. Father, I thank you for their attentiveness. And God, I thank you even in my, my warped humor at times, my wrong examples at times, and my, my thought process being uh, difficult at times, that God, they'll look past that and they will focus their heart and their life upon you. And so God, we, we truly ask you tonight to show us those areas that we need to get aligned with you. God, maybe we're responding too much emotionally. Maybe every decision that we've made in the last two weeks has been on emotion. Maybe every decision we've made in the last two weeks has come from an ungenerated, a unrenewed soul. Maybe we, we've, we've been under so much stress that, God, we haven't run to you. And so we're making decisions right and left that should not be made. So, Father, help us. Help us, God, to hear you. Help us to run to you, for you to minister to us and also minister through us. Thank you for that, God. I thank you, God, for that you made us a, a three-part being. I thank you that, God, our spirit is perfect. I'm so grateful for that, that, God, our spirit is perfect. And I'm thankful for our souls that we can align those souls to our, our spirit and it become led by our spirit man through our soul. And I thank you for our bodies. God, many of our, uh, we're, we're not getting any younger. None of us in here are getting any younger. God, we're, we're all growing day by day. And so God, I thank you for even us protecting our bodies, doing the right things to our bodies, not harming our bodies. God, Father, any, any, anybody in here that's even uh, struggling with any type of addiction of the flesh, that's bringing harm to their bodies in any way, Father. God, give them the Ability to stop that. God, show them, Lord God, the way to stop that, to change that. I thank you for that, Father. I thank you, God, that our spirit man is leading us. God, your word says that those who are sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And so, God, I thank you for that, that we are sons and daughters of God, that these houses, these houses, these temples of the Holy Spirit are yours. And you're going to lead us. You're going to direct us. You're going to cause us to make the right steps and go in the right places. And I thank you for these good people tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus. Speak blessings upon their lives tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus. As they go to their destinations, as they go to their homes, in Jesus' name, amen.